Thank you for coming tonight. Am I on? Good, good, there I go. Thank you, thank you for coming tonight. Not just to come, but with your hearts open to hear about Italy. Um, my wife is not with me. Uh, just a short story on why she's not. Because um, I, I don't really understand it myself. I, um, the other day I was swinging a hammer and I hit my thumb. And I'm still on the road. And she's eight and a half months pregnant and she decided to stay at home. Okay, I, I don't get it, but, you know, she's, she's mama, so you let her do what she wants to do. Um, so, so she's at home. We have uh, another baby. She's a year and a half now, and in the video she was, I think, three or four months old. So she uh, definitely has, has grown up and is just the cutest kid you, you'll ever meet. Um, and we hope to bring her back by her whenever uh, we, we can. Um, so my wife is at home, and as you can tell from the video, that she is much better uh, than me. Um, so I'm, I'm missing like three quarters of my, my, my support here, I guess. But when I was dating Dominique, I was in college, I was in BBC in Springfield, uh, Missouri, and, and I knew God had called me into missions. When I was a freshman there, he said, uh, he made it clear, and I surrendered to go. He just didn't tell me where. So, you know, I was dating Dominique, and I was dating her for about two years, okay? Um, and in the process of two years of dating, um, as you guys know, you spend a little bit of money. Um, I mean, there's Valentine's Day, Christmas, birthdays, uh, sweetest days, uh, all those days that I messed up and just had to buy flowers. I, you know, I had spent a little bit of money on her. At this time point, about two years into it, I'm doing a project for... Um, for, for one of my professors, and the project was I had to go and find out if I was going to be a missionary to a foreign country, how would I do it? You know, how do I get a visa? How do I, uh, who lives there? Uh, what religion are they? Are there any missionaries there that are there? And I was finding out all these facts, and I found out that, well, they're, they're, they're Catholics. They all live in, in Italy, and, and that's a no-brainer. Um, and then I found out that, well, they're Catholic in name, but they don't really do anything with it. They're just there. Um, like I said, a third actually go to, to Mass and actually participate in their religion. Um, and then I, I found out this, you know, 2% are Muslim. And that number's growing. And I found out, okay, this country desperately needs the gospel, so I'm sure that we have all kinds of missionaries in Italy. Right? It would only make sense with those numbers, and all of a sudden I found out at the time, it was in 2007, that we had no BBFI missionaries there. We, we had none. I didn't know of any that were going, and all of a sudden, I prayed a prayer. I said, God, you've got to send somebody to these people. And what happens when you pray that prayer? We all know the answer. You get to be the one. I was delighted because I knew that, that these people needed Christ. So I said, God, I'm your man, I'll do it. The only problem was, is I was dating Dominique, and I was invested, invested in this girl. Um, and not just emotionally, I know that y'all, you know, sappy people think emotionally, I was invested. Um, so, and like I said, she's not here, I can say what I want. Um, so um, as I, uh, the good guy I am, I decide I'm going to bring her out to eat, to the most fanciest place that I know, 
and tell her what God was doing in my life, right? Meanwhile, she's doing a project. She's going, uh, she's getting her master's. Um, I, I was still on my undergrad. Like I said, she's smarter than me. So she's getting her, her master's and she's doing a project on the educational system of a foreign country. And she got assigned Italy. And we don't talk about homework. I mean, when you're dating and you don't talk about homework. Um, and God had burdened her for the same country. So we go out to eat, and, and she hasn't told me, and I haven't told her. So we, uh, we pull into the parking lot, and, and I go get me a big cup of mellow yellow at, at your Arby's, you know, this fancy restaurant I was at. Um, and I say, I know where God is calling me. Knowing in my mind, this might be the last night that I get to take this girl out. Because if she's like called to Istanbul and I'm going to Italy, that's an issue. So I, uh, I say, I, I know where God's calling me. And she says, great, so do I. Where are you going? I said, you, you first. I mean, you, you wanted to jump in on this, so why don't you go? Um, and she didn't tell me. And she wouldn't tell me. She wanted me to say first. So I said, oh no, I'm not telling you. So we, we got some, uh, our paper towels, or our napkins we had. And I wrote down the name of my country. She wrote down the name of her country. We popped up and both of them said, Italy. My investment had paid off. <laughs> How great is our God, people? How great is our God? <laughs> Since then, next year, I mean, this was 2007, next year, uh, we, we learn about these, these people named John and Becky Lyles, and, and they were going to Italy. In 2008, they show up. And then a couple years later, in 2010, Cody and Danielle Wilbank show up, and they're in Florence. And now there's another couple, John and Joanna Liggett, and they're going to Rome. God heard the prayer. He's sending missionaries. We need more. We definitely need more. The city I'm going to, I'm going to start off in Rome. There's 13 million people in Rome. And the best that we can tell, there are two churches preaching the gospel. And I want you to get this number. I said 13 million people in or in outer city of Milan, Italy. 120 people, the best we can tell, know Christ is their Savior. I don't know about you, that is not enough for me. That is not enough. We have our work cut out for us. We're going to go to Rome for two years. We have to get our, our letter and, and, and our culture training. And, and John and Becky are going to pour into us like they've never poured into anybody else. And that's what I'm praying because I need help. And we're going to get to Milan. We're going to start a church. We're going to start another church. And I'm going to keep on going. I listened to... Uh, the brother this morning, I'm going to try to pronounce his name because I'll butcher it. And I was sitting there with tears in my eyes. As he said, he started 22 churches in his reign as a missionary. And I'm just thinking, he's talking about vision and, and he's, he's already done it. He's been there. He's doing it. And he laid out his vision and he wants more. And I'm just thinking, I don't think of I could name 22 churches in Italy altogether. In fact, there are 33,000 communities in Italy. Only 1,500. You get that? 33,000 
communities, and only 1,500 have a gospel witness. Once again, that's just not enough. That's not enough. You ask, um, a lot of times we get, well, what are you facing? We're facing this thing that, that we call image. We're going to the fashion capital of the world. So if you, if you run up against people that have a, a, an image problem where they think too much of themselves and they want to make um, their self look better than everybody else, it's going to, going to be in Milan. Right now, a cool thing is happening. The young crowd have finally decided that Catholicism is not the way. And they're turning and they're saying, I'm no longer Catholic. But there's nobody giving them the answers. They're looking, but there's nobody giving them the answers. So they're turning toward Islam or they're turning toward Satanism. In fact, there are more practicing magicians and Satanists than there are priests in Italy, which is a staggering number if you think about it. And lastly, they're turning to this thing called their image, who they are. Let me uh, illustrate this image. My wife, who is beautiful beyond recognition, um, and I say that unbiasedly, I've been told by other people as well. Um, she was, when we went to Italy, we went to Rome, we went to Milan, uh, she was five months pregnant with, with Isabella, who, by the way, is also beautiful. I mean, granted, um, I don't have to say that. But anyway, she, she was five months pregnant, and people were staring at her. Like, to the point I'm getting concerned because I know, like, the biggest crime in Italy is trafficking of women and children. So, um, you know, she's pregnant, and so I'm thinking, this could be bad. And I'm not a big guy, but I'm willing to go toe-to-toe with somebody for my wife, you know. I found out later, they weren't wanting to take her. They were looking at her and saying, what are you doing out on the street? See? When you're pregnant in Italy, you don't go outside. You stay inside for nine months or you abort the baby because your body doesn't look the way they think it ought to look. They were looking at my wife and saying, get back inside until you get your body corrected. I don't know what to tell you. If that country doesn't know Christ, ah, uh, come on they need Christ so we're facing image the other thing we're facing um, is, is uh, Islam right now with all the unrest in North Africa the, the, all the North African Muslims are moving north into Europe and the first stop is Italy and Italy's borders are very open you can cross anytime you want um, uh, no problem at all um, so they're coming in when this video was made less than a year ago, there was 1.5 million. Now they're saying there's more than about 2.2, 2.3 million Muslims living within the borders. And to top all that off with, with the, um, the, the birth rates between the Italians and, and because they're not having as many kids because they're concerned about their image and how much they can spend on a kid and what their body looks like, they're only having 1.3 kids where the Muslims are coming in and having six to seven kids per family. You think about that, you do the math, 25 years, Italy, Italy is no longer a Catholic nation. It's a Muslim nation. Right? But guess what? Guess what? I, got, I, I have this cool little thing because, I mean, you can do the math and say, yeah, it's going to be a Muslim nation. 
I don't think it's going to be. In fact, I don't even think it's going to be a Catholic nation. I think it's going to be a Christian nation because my God is doing something great. When that song comes on, that video that played, it says, there are greater things to be done. I have a feeling that I'm just an instrument, just a small little instrument that God's going to use on a greater scale to bring Italians to him. What else are we facing? Well, we're all obviously facing um, financial problems. We went to, to Italy, um, and, and I, went in, uh, I went to the Colosseum, and I walked around the Colosseum, walked around ancient Rome, um, and we did that all before noon, and, and um, I'm a fat kid, and I like food, and not much walking makes me want to eat. So we stopped by this local restaurant, and um, it wasn't you know, anything fancy. In fact, it was probably, uh, you know, the food was probably equivalent to that Arby's I, I bought, uh, Dominique. The only difference was I bought a cheeseburger, she bought a hamburger. We shared a fry, so we were trying to save money. We shared a fry, got two Cokes, $42, $42. Um, so yeah, so we're, so we're facing a, a little bit of uh, financial uh, problems. Uh, it, it is definitely not cheap to, to live there. But the biggest thing that we're facing is I feel not physical harm. I'm not worried about uh, my, my wife or something happening on the subway, which I mean is possible, but I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I, I, don't, I don't fear. I'm not having enough money. There's plenty of churches and plenty of, of people who love missions and who, and who want to get the gospel out that'll, that'll see the need in Italy, and I'm not worried about money. But I think for far too long, Satan has had his grasp on this country. So there's one thing that we need more than anything tonight is we need your prayer. We need your prayer support. We need people daily on their, on their knees asking God to intervene on the Italian's behalf. Tonight, um, we're, we're going to jump into the scripture. I want to, uh, we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 2. Let's pray before we get going. God, I come to you in prayer. God, we love you. And we just thank you for sending your son to die upon a cross so we don't have to live our life without you. God, we ask that you allow the Italians the same benefit. We know that you've died for the cross for them and that you love them. God, the evil one, has got his grasp on that nation and those people. We ask that you, you break that grip and you call them home. God, we ask that you be here with this, uh, in this next few minutes in, in this service. Allow your Holy Spirit to, to flood all over as we talk about you. In your name we pray. Amen. Am I good? Am I good? Okay. That buys me another five minutes, I think. Now it's falling off. Okay. Going to be in First Peter chapter 2. Imagine whenever you were little, or maybe you have grandkids if you can't think back that far, and you're, you're driving in the country, 
right? And you come, you come across a cow, right? What, what's your grandkids say? They're like, oh, look, mommy, a cow. And they're so excited to see this cow, right? And then they get to another farm and they're like, oh, more cows, yay, right? You've experienced this. They're, your smile on your face says you've experienced. You get to that third farm, and then what are they like? Oh, more cows. The fourth farm, these cows. And fifth farm, these cows stink. Right? What if you get to that fifth farm and you see not a brown, boring cow, but you see a purple cow? What would you do? I'm stopping. I'm jumping over that fence. I don't care about the barbed wire electric fence. I don't care. I'm going to walk up and I'm a city boy. And I'm going to touch me a purple cow. Right? That's what I'm doing. Because he's purple. I've never seen no purple cow. I've seen brown cows. I've seen brown cows my whole life. They're boring. I want to see a purple cow. They're different. You're like, okay, what are you talking about? Purple cows, man. I, I know you lost it up there. You, you, let's get him to Italy. He's, he's gone crazy. Think about it, though. Sometimes our life as Christians is like a brown cow. Boring, mundane, we did it yesterday, nothing new under the sun, schedule oriented, boring. Have I said boring? Right? What if, just for one second, you entertain the thought of being a purple cow? Okay, what if you got up and instead of getting up and, and going to work at nine o'clock, getting off at five o'clock, going home, grabbing a, you know, a McDonald's hamburger, popping in a movie, watching some TV um, and, and going to bed, getting up at nine, getting off at five, grabbing a cheeseburger. Instead of doing that, what if you decided that today you're going to get up and you've got to go to work? And when you got to work, you've got to share with your friends, and then you possibly might be able to tell them a little bit about who Christ is or show them who Christ is. What if you got to go to McDonald's and you got to talk to that lady behind that counter and you were happy about it, you know, instead of like, hey, give me that cheeseburger. What if you were a purple cow? What if you had the joy of the Lord in your heart? You're like, Brother Scott, you lost it. Let's find purple cows in the Bible. We're going we're gonna to jump in here, uh, 1 Peter. Um, you're not going to find a purple cow anywhere in any translation um, that you read from. Uh, we're we're going to jump in here, and, and let me explain this to you. We're going to get some background before we get in. 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 4. To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, you also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and that he that believeth on him shall not be confounded unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious, be unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and the stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. And that was pretty quick, wasn't it? We're going to focus on verse 9. I'll slow it down. But ye are a chosen generation, 
He says, listen up, guys. If you name the name of Christ, you are a chosen generation or a chosen people. God has something for you. That means if you are a, a mom or if you are a school teacher, if you are a missionary, a pastor, um, if you are a, uh, a, a student, if you're just a five-year-old and you name the name of Christ, God's talking to you. He has something to say. What did he say? But ye are a chosen generation or a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people, a peculiar, yep, a peculiar people, it says it right there, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Isn't it great that God called you a peculiar person? Right? What does that mean? I, I, I took the liberty of looking it up because I know how to Google um, and not so much flip through things, but I, I, I Googled it and this is what I came up with. It says, you're strange. You are a strange person. Everybody, we, we, had, we had some big uh, dinner, right? I want you to look to your neighbor and say, you are strange. It's funny, every time I do this, the, the, the wife giggles and the man just sits there and doesn't say a word. I don't get it. You are strange, you're odd. You're distinctive in nature or character from others. Or get this, this last part I love so much. You belong exclusively to some person, group, or thing. And we know that person, group, or thing is God the Father. You're different. You're supposed to be a purple cow. You're not supposed to be a brown cow. You're not supposed to, to, to get in the mundane and just be like everybody else. You're supposed to be different. You say, okay, what's a brown cow? Let's explain this in the world standard. Um, I, I worked at Walmart for 11 years, so I feel that if I can last 11 years at Walmart, I can get to Italy and do anything. That's not funny. I don't know why I say that. Um, I worked at Walmart for 11 years, and I love getting in. Um, you know, I had to be at work at 4. I'd show up, you know, like, like 3.30, 3.40, and just kind of sit down, have me a cup of coffee, have me a pop um, before I went into work. Just had my quiet time. Hypothetical situation. What if there's a guy that comes in? This would never happen, I'm sure. But he's talking on his phone to his, uh, to his wife. And you can tell that they're fighting. And all of a sudden, he's not allowed to go home. And, you, 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 you know, he's loud. And you can tell this because he's loud. And, and he, right? Being a brown cow, and I know us Christians would never do this, but being a brown cow would be going, clocking in, going back to where you work, and saying, you know what, Jim over here, he was talking so loud on his phone, I just clocked in, and I couldn't even get a, a quiet moment. He interrupted my day, right? We would never do that. Um, being a purple cow, that would be a little bit different. See, if you're, if you're a purple cow, you would be like, hey, Jim, oh, man, I, I didn't mean to, to, to overhear you. Uh, I'm sorry, um, but you were kind of loud, so it's kind of your fault. But... Uh, I just want to tell you, I'm, I'm praying for you. I love you. And me and my wife, we don't have everything figured out, but we, we might have some pointers that we would just love to sit down and kind of be the mediator between you and your wife and, and see if we can get something, uh, you know, worked out, right? I think that would be pretty cool. I think, you know, what would be even cooler is that if he came to you and said, you know what, Scott, I know you mess up, and I know that... Uh, that, that you're, you struggle, but for some reason, you and your wife, 
you, you have this thing that even when you're mad at her, you still love each other. Me and my wife, we need that right now. Can you help me? Right? See, if you have the joy of the Lord in your heart, and you're doing what the last part of that verse says, he's going to want to have what you have. You say, what does that last part say? It says, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Are you showing forth the praises of the one that has called you from sin and brought you into his marvelous light? When I go to Italy, I am labeled immediately. I was talking today, I think at lunch about this, um, but, uh, you know, the, the question was, do you, you know, do they speak English? Do they speak, you know, English or, or, or Italian? And in Rome, they'll come up to me because they know I'm an American. I don't know what, you know, gives that off, but um, they, they know I'm an American. So they'll come up to me and speak English to me. I don't even get the chance to learn Italian because they're, they're going to speak English um, because they know that it's a tourist area and they want my money. What they don't know is I'm a missionary and I have no money. Um, so anyway... I don't want them to see me as just an American, right? See, because there, there are some, some issues that they're dealing with. You're dealing with most men. Oh, prostitution is, is legal. It's, it's not it's just something men do is, is leave their wives. That's, that's normal. That's normal in their politics. They don't, that's just life for them. See, when they look at me, I don't want them to see that. What I want them to see is the fact that I love my wife and I will do anything for her. I'm not going to make sacrifices. I'm not going to do it. And I bet you when they see that, they're going to be like, wow, I want some of that. I want whatever that guy has. See, they look at Americans like we have all this money. And I don't want... The, the money to define who I am. I want them to see me and see the fact that I honor my God. I don't just have to go and, and do uh, works and, 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 and work my way into heaven like they feel that you have to do. See, I want them to look at me and it to be a reflection of that last part of that verse. I want them to look at me and see that I am showing forth the praises of him. Because he called me out of darkness. And he's calling a bunch more. And I pray a bunch of those are Italians. As we close tonight... What kind of Christian are you? Or can I put it this way? What kind of cow are you? Are you a brown cow or you're a purple cow? This morning when you gave your, your offering envelopes and your, your faith promise, were you thinking, what can I give to missions so people can go and tell Christ? Because we need partners. Were you thinking, ah, I can, I can just give this much. I can afford this much. 
I guarantee you, your church has a reputation for being a good, mission-loving church. And that's, that's to your credit. You know what that tells me? I mean, there's some purple cows in this place. There's some purple cows in here. Pastor, if you want to come, I'm just going to close out real quick. Live for him. Show forth his praises. He's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Thank you, Brother Scott. I don't know that I ever